0: Welcome to Keep It 100 Podcast with Sean and Krista Smith. Join us in this space where we take on real issues with real insight and real inspiration. This podcast is for those not looking for temporary relief to change circumstance, but revelation to forever change lives. Hey, what's good, everybody? This is your boy, Sean Smith, and your girl.
1: Hey, Krista Smith.
0: Hey, welcome to another exciting episode of Keep It 100 with Sean and Krista Smith. We are super excited to come at you because we have got a big surprise interview on this episode.
1: Oh, yeah. It's so good. I'm so excited for everyone to hear it because, oh my goodness, it is so powerful.
0: Next level, y'all. Next level. But before we jump into that, we are super excited uh, that God has responded in such a unique way by giving us a modern day. A stirring, Asbury College Come is on. in the midst so of revival awesome. meetings that began February the eighth. My understanding was, yeah, and uh, a bunch of students walk forward, Krista, and begin to repent during their chapel. And it all happens in this small town of Wilmore, Kentucky. And it's crazy what's what's going on because uh, this past weekend they said that over twenty thousand people came to Asbury over the weekend with five overflow buildings, a grass lawn filled. With where there is even a 2.5-mile backup of cars going into Wilmore, and there is this huge cry for first love fervency, and uh, even one of the leaders of it uh, is quoted as saying, Lord, let the fire of your spirit fall like latter rain. So it's so incredible to see what God is doing at Asbury University.
1: I mean, it is really a generational move of God that's happening right now. We've been prophesying and believing, praying and preaching and contending, and like so many other people that have just known there's a move of God that's about to get unleashed. And in fact, we are living in it. And it goes from Asbury Asbury to now Lee University, even BSSM up in Reading have had an extended um, move. Uh, Unusual, you know, all this stuff that people are reporting is unusual. And I think someone put on social media, and I'll be honest, I haven't gone and fact checked everything, but they were saying 17 locations are in fact experiencing like unusual moves of God and responses in the area of repentance across the and the miracles and just people won't stop worshiping. And I'm like, this is so beautiful. Like to me, this is just what an incredible response in what has been such a hard season some people will come out of. And yet it has produced a hunger and a desperation uh, that I just think we're seeing the fruit of what we have been praying for and contending for. And I love it because Gen Z's leading the way. These are all students. And, you know, it's not people with like well-known ministries or uh, people really leading leading this. It's just students that, and people for that matter, that are just want more of God. And we saw the beginning of an outpouring of God here in the Bay at momentum. And we're asking the Lord, how do we foster that here in the Bay? I think it's available for everyone. I think Asbury and Lee University and all these other colleges are experiencing it. And now services, we had a friend in Charlotte text us on Sunday and they're like, we're just getting out of church. It's 2.30 in the afternoon and people just would not leave. They just wanted to worship. Up. And so this is happening in many churches. I, I, I know a couple other people that that happened as well. And so I'm just, I'm like, God, I'm, I'm getting provoked, like a holy provoking, uh, just going, God, like let that happen in the bay. And then where we're at in services, I'm just asking for God just to pour out a spirit. Like I'm just so desperate for an authentic move of God. And we're really seeing it. And I want to be a part of that. I think every one of our listeners and the Keep One Head Tribe, they want a part of that. And so I want you to hear what God's doing and then be provoked to be an intercessor and a forerunner for your region and your city, uh, because I think it's available forever.
0: It's so true. Even the the president of Asbury just talked about that there are people that came from all over that hungry hunger for the more. And as you said, you know there, there are Baptist schools, evangelical schools that it spread to Cedarville, Samford University, but also as you mentioned, Lee University is a school with Pentecostal roots in Tennessee. But we're hearing it, as you said, all over. And it's so interesting because three days prior to this outbreak uh, of God and repentance that took place at Asbury. It's very interesting. Sam Smith, Grammy award-winning singer. He's a talented guy. Uh, By his own admission, he's a non-binary in terms of his expression. Out of the UK, uh, he, at that Grammys, I believe that that would be February 5th, he says this is going to be special. He tweeted, he he showed kind of a little uh, Satan horn uh, little emoji. And then CBS uh, was very interesting. The television Broadcasting Network responded to Sam Smith's sweet, uh, tweet by saying, "You can say that again." Quote: "We are ready to worship." And obviously, here uh, Sam Smith had uh, satanic horns, and so it's very interesting. And his his uh, Grammy award winning performance was called "Unholy." Mm. And three days later, God has students 24-7 worshiping. CBS says, you can say that again, we're ready to worship. And it's like God took over that Mm -hmm. narrative and took over that hunger. And we've been praying that uh, Gen Z millennials and even uh, people that have come to faith in this generation would have a reference point of what a move of God looks like. And we're seeing that beginning to happen. So it's so exciting. And I think what God is saying is even after the pandemic, even in the midst of balloons coming of the United States from China uh, wars uh, inflation uh, the situation with economies divisions and all that none of that intimidates God from moving in a generation uh, they've said that this generation is the most uh, agnostic the most atheist the most androgynous the most you you can go down the list and yet none of that stuff intimidates God nor does any of that uh, stifle the hunger of an emerging generation that says I want more and uh, uh, that is just such a profound thing, especially in light of, I love how God responds. Uh, it's one thing, you know, to blast uh, certain secular people that don't know God about their activities. I'm I'm not here to say that people that call them out are wrong in terms of calling out the immorality. I, I think we should as believers, but at the same time, what is really God's response to unbelievers doing what is their nature, which is to sin? And I believe that is for believers to make manifest the spirit of God as others would manifest whatever spirit thereof, and to see God pour out his spirit and demonstrate, because I always think the answer is Mount Carmel. Like, the world calls upon their God, and Elijah didn't, in a sense, spend as much time decrying uh, literally how crazy or off they were. He rather called upon his God who responded by fire. So please hear what I'm saying. Anybody's listening, I believe that we should decry evils. I believe we should speak out against injustices, all of that. But at the same time, our job isn't finished if all we do is decry what is wrong without crying out for what is right. Mm. And that's what I love. I believe Asbury is a, is a response to what others have been decrying.
1: I love that. Um, you know, it's like, I, I always I always kind of laugh because I'm always like, nice try it. Nice try, Devil. Right? And it's like when Sam Smith is putting that out on unho- unholy, and Demi Lovato is her latest album is called Holy and it's the F word. Um, it's so defiling. It's it's such blasphemy, Um, and God just won't stand for that, and nor will the people of God. And what I love is there's a generation that has been inundated with a a blasphemous, um, just rebellious attitude toward the things of God. Like there's nothing sacred, there's nothing holy, and in fact, there is something very holy and very sacred: Jesus. And uh, and I think there's a generation that is creating a standard uh, that the world has tried to tear down, and that's really the spirit of Elijah. I prophesied this, and really even preached on it at Momentum and, and prior to that, that we're in a moment where the spirit of Elijah, talking about Mount Mount Carmel, just to kind of continue that, that the spirit of Elijah is arising on a generation where we saw it on Elijah, we saw it on John the Baptist, but now it's on a generation where uh, the spirit of Elijah comes and it, and it and it restores what's been torn down. And there's been an there's been an unholiness, there's been a defiance, there's been a rebellious um, spirit that has uh, run rampant and been given permission, and has been very casual even in the church. And I love it because it, there is now this like absolute standard that's being re re-um reset for a generation that's just going, no, we're not okay with that. And we're not going to worship a false God anymore. And I just want to tell you, keep it 100 try, but Sean was talking, I just had this like holy, holy righteousness kind of like rise up in me, just this righteous indignation that's like, don't give an inch right now. Like for everything we're seeing that God's doing, there's, there is pushback. Like what's interesting, is as Asbury is happening, Lee University moves a God, churches all over, extended services like there, the church is awakened right now. And there's a move of God that's being poured out all over. And then February 17th through the 19th, the most mass shootings and a mass shooting is anytime there's over five people, right? That's considered a mass shooting. That's right. So February 5th, uh, 17th through the 19th, there was 10 mass shootings in America. That's insane, right? And it just shows as we're having this move of God, the demonic pot is being stirred. Days before Asbury, uh, move of God, revival, outpouring, whatever you want to call it, God's moving. Let's just say that God is moving. And the Grammys is like this demonic platform uh, that's being sent out to a generation and being called entertainment. And it's just this agenda. And I just feel like the Lord's going, don't give up an inch right now. What has been rebuilt in the spirit, right? Because Asbury, Lee University, all these outpourings, it has created a, a remote reminder of who our God is and the holiness of our God. And so I just feel like the Lord's like, don't give up an inch, keep that standard intact because there is a war over the soul of this nation. We're seeing an outpouring, but there is a battle for this outpouring and and we battle in our worship. So this isn't us just going, oh, it's like us going, God, you are worthy. And we're just reinforcing the altar of the Lord being erected once where it was torn down. We're saying, no, this is a, there is a people in this nation that will worship you.
0: That is, so good. And even as you're talking, Krista, I'm just reminded, and I just pulled up and saw this tweet, that right now students are gathering to pray for revival at Baylor University. Come on. So here you are over in Texas, and they're outside gathering to pray Come for an outpouring on. of the spirit. And I'm reminded that there's an author, Dr. David McKenna. He wrote a book called The Coming Great Awakening, and it was put out by Inter University Press. And I was really impacted by that book because he basically prophesied in his book that America's next great awakening was going to begin in the college dorm room. And I'm wondering if, man, that guy was profound, Mm. and I'm super excited about that. Well, it 100 Tribe, you are in for a great treat because we have, uh, right now, imaginary drum roll, please. (laughs) We have a general of the faith. Uh, She is literally one of the most respected voices in the prophetic, male or female. And she is Patricia King, and uh, she's apostolic leader. She's a prophetic minister. She's an entrepreneur. She's a spiritual minister mentor. She's even become a spiritual mentor to Krista and I. She is basically a true mother in the faith. definitely. And her walk and example of loving God, loving people, and advancing the kingdom through media, missions, outreach. Uh, we really love her and her character. We've spent time in her home. We've had dinner with her. We've had conversations uh, with her. She is a prolific author, mighty woman of God. And so right now, I want you to get ready to jump in this interview with Patricia. Your king.
1: Hey, everyone. We're so excited to have Patricia King here on our podcast today. She has been such a powerful role model for Sean and I for years. And then recently, we've just really developed a relationship with her personally, as we've just really admired from afar. But getting to know this woman has been such a privilege. She is probably one of the most gracious, kindest, most nurturing people you'll ever meet. And she walks in such profound revelation and truth. And so to have her here on the Keep it 100 podcast, it's not only a privilege. Privilege. It's truly an honor. So Patricia, thank you so much for taking time and being with us on the Keep it 100 podcast today.
2: Uh, thank you so much, Krista. It's an honor. And I just totally love you and Sean and who you are, but also um, what you carry in the Lord. So thank you so much for uh, hosting this and for being who you are.
1: Oh, absolutely. I tell you what, you invited us to a gathering um, in January at your home. And just the fact you opened up your home to, to myself and a lot of other leaders. And you just called us to this place of intimacy and connection with the Lord. And it truly felt like this beautiful posturing the Lord invited us into walking into 2023. Uh, but just your wisdom, your revelation, and your mentorship in those couple of days we had with you, Sean and I said, it felt like it set the trajectory for our year. Um, but before we dive into that, I want people uh, just to hear a little bit of your origin story and how you came to encounter God, because we love to hear people's stories yeah. of how God encountered them. Yeah.
2: Yeah, thank you. What an honor to be able to post on Jesus. Yeah, right. right. For for the work he's done in my life and your life and anyone that knows Jesus, you have a story to tell and it's an honor to tell it. So um, I grew up in Canada. I'm Canadian um, by origin and uh, have been transplanted into the USA. So I have dual citizenship right now. But I grew up in a home that did not know the Lord, but my parents were partiers. So they went to parties on Saturday night and sent the kids off to Sunday school Sunday morning so that they could sleep in. So mm-hmm. I actually had knowledge about Jesus. And I learned that, oh, Jesus is loving, he's kind, he loves children. Um, and I learned the Bible stories like Moses and Daniel and David and Goliath and all those stories. And so I had a little bit of understanding about Jesus, but there was no teaching about, you know, being born again or having a new life in him or anything. I used to sleep with a picture of Jesus that I received Sunday under my pillow every single night because wow. I thought he was so wonderful, right? I just didn't know him personally, but my heart I think, was always for him. So anyways, fast-forwarding to my early 20s, um, I just, because of things that I, choices I made, but also things that had happened to me in life, um, I was just messed up, really, really messed up. And I was, you know, making all kinds of wrong choices, and uh, I carried so much guilt, condemnation, shame. And I tried to help myself, so I went into the New Age, actually, to see if I could get some kind of spiritual help. And um, I enjoyed the New Age community. I found the people they were really loving and everything. And you know, I'm spiritually inclined. I I love spiritual things, so there was a lot of great things. But it didn't resolve the conflict within, and so I just got more messed up and more messed up. And it brought me to a point of one night um, that I'd been invited to a Bible study at an Anglican church, and I heard testimony. And Mm -hmm. every single person there testified of how Jesus came into their life and forgave them of all their sin and gave them a brand new beginning, a brand new start. And I thought, oh, I would love, I would love. what they've been given. But I didn't know if the Lord had a limit because they were they were saying what they had had been delivered out of it. And I thought my stuff was worse than theirs. So I thought, well, maybe he's got a limit, right? <laughs> but I went love that I love, one that. That, I I love that. One went that night and I fell on my floor and just wept. And I said, Jesus, those people up the street there, they said that, that you came into their heart and you forgave them wow. of all their sin. All I've got is a mess. I have nothing to offer you. I'm a, probably the most broke person on the face of the earth and I'm evil inside. That's what I felt at times that I was totally bad inside and was wow. hopeless. And um, and I said, but I'd really like for you to come into my heart and forgive my sin like you did theirs. And I honestly didn't know if he would or not, but you know what? He didn't hesitate. And mm. he came in, and the way I describe it, the only way I describe it is it felt like liquid love coming inside of me. Wow. And, um, and it was like, it lifted all the guilt, all the shame, all that evil identity that I had on the inside instantaneously left. Wow. Me. And I felt so beautiful inside and so loved. And my whole being, I believe, was baptized in love that day, actually. um, Wow. Because I was immersed in it. And I wept all night. Wave after wave of His love presence came over me. And I just couldn't believe that He would love me like that. Like I couldn't believe anybody would love me like that. And so I would weep again and weep again. And when I got up off the floor in the morning, my eyes were swollen from crying so much. but It was was elation, though. And and I noticed my neighbor's light. We lived in a townhouse. The townhouse across from me had the light on. I read Ran over because I just thought that the reason the whole world didn't know Jesus was because they didn't know. Like I didn't know wow. that, that kind of love. Right? I didn't know he could give you a brand new start like that. And so I ran over. And I knocked on my neighbor's house. It was about six in the morning or something, as he was getting <laughs> ready for work. And he opens the door. He said, "Patricia, are you okay? What's the matter?" And I said, "I'm great. Uh, last night Jesus came into my heart and He forgave me of all my sin, and He can do it for you too. Would you like Him?" And he looked at me like holy shock because we had been being part. People and stuff like that, you know, drug users. Wow. And stuff. Yes,
1: right. And he said, right. "Are you
2: okay? Have you gone crazy?" And I said, "No, no, I was crazy, but now I'm not crazy." And you know, so anyways, he did wow. not get it. But I, I didn't care. I just I had so much love for him and for everyone, my neighbors. I mean, I loved everything. I mean, it was just like I couldn't help it. And that day, I went to my new age friends later on, told them what had happened. I said, "You don't have to search for anything or anyone anymore. Jesus is the one, and He is." is the one and they said well well you know how do you know that I said because he forgave me of all my sin he came into my life he gave me a brand new life and they looked at me so strange and they said well you're not trying to tell us he's the only way I said yeah you don't have to look for anything else all those ridiculous things that we've been doing and holding our breath and going off into la 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 and we don't have to do that anymore because he is the answer and they were just like they got upset with me they said you can't say like how do you know he's the only way and I I said well the bible says so and I had never read the bible yet yeah, but I just assumed it said so. And he uh, <laughs> said, the Bible, the Bible, anyone can write a Bible, you know, it's just people writing the stories or whatever. And I said, well, I just know, I just know that I know that I know, I know or know. And um, so I, I felt so much love for them. They were so angry at me, but I couldn't help because I just love, I mean, it, nothing landed. Um, and I preached the gospel every day. I mean, that's what I found out it was afterwards. All I was doing is sharing what happened with right. me and wow. offering it to everyone else. And people were getting saved on the street and giving their lives to Jesus. It was so amazing. So that was my introduction wow. to Jesus. And I fell in love. I was completely smitten and overwhelmed by his love. And to this day, to Agreed. this day,
1: yes, I, totally. I just, like,
2: he just gets better and better. And if there's <laughs> anyone watching right now and you don't know Jesus, I'm telling you, he is that good. I am not exaggerating. In fact, Agre- yes. I can't even describe to you the bigness of who he is. And you just call on his name because what he did for me, what he did for
1: Crystal, what he did for Sean, yes. he'll do for you too. Yes. <laughs> oh, and you know what I love, Patricia? Everything you're describing, that original revelation, that original encounter with Jesus of his love, that's literally you today. As I was laughing mm-hmm. because I was like, that never left. And that shows yeah. how real it is. That shows you how yes, authentic yeah. Jesus is, is because yeah. if that wasn't actually real or Jesus, that would yeah. have dissipated years ago when people yeah. got mad at you or upset, yeah. You would have like toned it down you were like no, no no this is not an option like this isn't just you know this isn't a decision one day and it changes the next day you're like I'm forever changed I've been forgiven I've been set free and right. you are you are like you're like walking liquid love with Jesus I mean that's literally who you are and so I just smiled so big because I was like oh my gosh you've never changed and that's the beauty that's the beauty it's like Sean's testimony was the Lord the Jesus showed up in his room and he 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 was so full of gratitude. My husband's such a natural worshiper. All he does is talk about how grateful he is to God. It's that initial encounter. It's never changed. He's doing the same thing he did from day one of encountering Jesus. And so were you. And I just love that because the first thing someone feels when they're around you, Patricia, is the love of Jesus. And it's like exactly what he marked you with, you know? And so I just, our listeners, what I love is you said, is there any limits? I, I love that. You know, when you were, listening to other people's testimonies, you're like, uh, and you're comparing your story to their story. And you're like, man, is there, is there a cap? Is there a time where God goes, ah, there's no cap, cap. there's no limit. And you, you model that I model that Sean models that. And so many other we model, there is no limit to the love of Jesus.
2: And for everyone that's watching right now, we honestly, from the bottom of our hearts, we want you to know that because Mm -hmm. he loves you so deeply and he's not looking at all the mistakes and the flaws and Yes. ugliness, you know, you know, he can transform you. And for me, like, it wasn't like I had that initial visitation, but there was things I had to work out. And there was over the years, you know, the discipline of the Lord. And I'm a well-disciplined child. I've been taken out to the, the woodshed <laughs> a few times because that's what love will do, right? Same, same, same. <laughs> and it's like, we are forever being transformed. So like, you know, it's, it's just yeah. like from one degree of glory to another. And yes. he's so patient, like he's been so patient and so kind and so wonderful. And, you know, he is love, Krista. He is love, right? Yes. And he said that in the New Testament, as in the Old Testament, of course, we have the laws of Moses, and they're awesome. Those commandments are amazing. I love them. But they're fulfilled in love. So, like, we don't have to think, oh, I've got to obey this, I've got to obey that. We just have one. We just have one. Love God, love others. It's all wrapped up in love. And that all the law and all the prophets is fulfilled in that. So in the New Testament, all we have to do is receive more love so we can be more love. Right. That's it. Receive more love so I can be more love. And that's it. And then all those other commandments are in that. It's
1: so amazing. I love it. I love that. And so well said, because it's not, it breaks that works mentality when it comes from a place of love. When people think, man, I can't do that. You're right. We can't do that. We can't love other people that are hard to love. We can't even love ourselves. We're not even able to love God unless God puts his love within us. Right. There's so many stoppers and hindrances until the love of God is encountered in our lives and it's through his love that heals us, that transforms us, that sets us free. And it's through that revelation and encounter with the love of God, everything changes. And our ability to love uh, the, 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 is such an increase of our capacity, you know? And so I always, I marvel at my ability to navigate situations that are maybe difficult, but it's through the love of God that I'm able to approach it. And I, my goodness, I've seen you do that. You approach hard situations, but you're able to do so with such a love because of, of the love that you're filled with. And so my goodness is, love the answer to navigate a hard world. Absolutely. You know, loves the answer to navigate hard people and hard situations. The more love, the easier it is to navigate. And so maybe there's some people listening today that just need to be reminded just the simplicity, but the profoundness and life-changing encounter of the love of God. Like you can't have, you can't, you can never have too much love, right?
2: Never. It'll change you. And love also, because I'm just sensing that someone might be thinking, yeah, but you know, sometimes you have to, you know, be Strong and confront things, and yeah, love will confront, but it's different. But if you confront yeah. outside of love, so if you do need to confront, make sure your heart's full of love for the person first. And because confrontation will save them from hard things, from destructive things, and you know, I mean, we we all you know fail and fall in different areas, but when we love one another, we'll help each other through. So, oh, it's so good! Know.
1: I love that. I yeah. think someone did need to hear that. I mean, I need to hear that, right? We all need to hear just that truth on the love of God. You know, Patricia, you wrote a powerful book. And what I love is you're a prophet. And so when a prophet writes a book, it's not just a book project. I really believe it's the word of the Lord. And there was probably a story that led you or a prompting from the Lord that led you to even write this book. The book's called Unoffendable. Uh, We're going to tell you ways at the end of the podcast, how to get that book, how to order that book. I want that in everyone's hands. Sean and I have a copy. We're reading it right right now. That's why we're like, we got to get her on the podcast because it's such a profound message. What was the process the Lord took you through? You knew this had to be written to a book.
2: Yeah, right. So I think it's really important, Krista, as prophets, that we we discern the times, right? That we we have eyes to see um, what is happening, not only in the natural, but what what is happening on a spiritual plane, and then know what to do to lead the people into a place of safety and blessing. Right. So when when 2020 hit, it was very clear that we were entering into a new era, yes. not just a new year, um, a new era. And and it was an era transition, and very soon into 2023, of course, we got hit with COVID. Uh, that year was pivotal on so many different levels because we had um, COVID with all the, <laughs> with all the uh, complications of it, the intricacies of it, the way it was handled, and people's opinions on it, and everything. And then we had a lot of uh, death from it. We had uh, racial tensions that year. Uh, we had conflicts on every side. We had um, an election year where the campaigning was very volatile. And- It was just a really big, big year on many fronts. And what the Lord showed me and many others, I'm not claiming that I'm the only one to see things like this, of course, you know, because God will reveal it all to many. But um, I saw a principality of fear and offense just come in like a floodgate. It was like principalities. It was powerful ruling forces, (laughs) not just an attitude of fear or an attitude of offense. It was ruling forces of fear and offense. And you almost didn't need spiritual discernment to see it because it was just everywhere. Yeah. You could see it on the news broadcast. You could see it everywhere, including the church. So on social media, especially, there was so much offense and hatred and discord that was shared that I i know for myself, there was, um, you know, uh, at least two or three posts that I had to take down completely. And they were really safe posts in the natural. Yeah. You think, what happened here? But yeah. someone would be offended with what was said and they would state it in anger. And then someone would be offended with what they said and then the next person was offended with what they said. So 50, 60 comments down the line on one one thing. There was this offense, offense, offense. So I had had noticed it and we were praying into it, praying for God's love to permeate and trying to address some of the issues so that we could see safety for the people of God. But in December of that uh, year, God really um, uh, got my heart. He started speaking Mm. to me about about the power of offense and he said, would you be willing to live an unaffect Offendable light, and I thought, yeah. I mean, um, I didn't think I was offendable. Like sure. I, I, I thought I was uh, very careful not to take offense until I was, <laughs> and then it was like <laughs> within 24 hours of that invitation, I gave God a big yes. You know, um, I was driving down the highway and I was getting offended with the car in front of me, with the driver in front of me, because he was in the passing lane and he wasn't going the speed limit, and so I was offended with it. Right. And no one was in the car with me, and he couldn't hear. Me me, but I actually yelled at him, and offense <laughs> was coming out of my mouth. I heard it myself, and the Holy Spirit sitting beside me said, yeah, that's what I'm talking about.
1: That's Ooh, what I'm talking oh about. Oh, man. Oh, and man. Then- I'm getting convicted right now, Patricia, because I'm a Bay Area driver. Oh, man. <laughs> this and is good.
2: Days, I found myself offended in the in the uh, grocery store. I found right. myself offended. Even watching TV with one of the, the characters in the drama I was watching, I got offended with him. And he said, you <laughs> know, I mean, this is just a story. It's not even a real sure, scenario. Sure, That's with your heart. And he said, I want to teach you how to speak the truth in love, how to address mm. issues of justice, but in love and not with offense. Because the moment mm. you step into offense, you have dissipated the strength of the um, truth. You have compromised and you've got threads of evil inside of it that that take away. Um, the power of, mm. of who I am. Wow! And so I was really uh, convicted and began to get more understanding. The Lord actually showed me, Krista, that there's five five um, just elements of sin, transgressions, five transgressions inside of every single offense. Whoa. And so if there's consequence for every tran- transgression, um, that's a lot of consequence that hits your life. In other words, when you enter into offense, you are not only filling the atmosphere with something nasty, you are also filling your life with landing strips for the enemy to really um, make your life miserable mm. and we just accept it as part of like our culture or something oh you know, it's okay I'm just offended you know but it is not okay to be offense because in the passion translation I believe it is one of the definitions of love is it doesn't take offense and by the way if you're offended you've taken it it's not given Oof. you can't say or oh, someone made me offended no if you're offended you took offense and so we have to be responsible for that offense mm-hmm. and so um, we are um, really uh, working especially in the prophetic, because you and I are both prophets, and so it's really important that we don't prophesy out of offense. And what the Lord showed so me good. Is, is that when you step inside of offense, especially like, um, let's take one example, because we're in an election year uh, coming up soon. Um, campaigning is going to be starting soon. Um, on the political level, if you are offended as a prophet, and you step inside of it, you can get into a deception through the offense and end up prophesying words that you think are true, but they're actually coming from a cesspool of because you went inside of the offense. you start profiting out of personal offense, political offense. And the Lord showed Man. me this because I was wondering, Lord, there's been so many political prophecies that didn't yeah. come to pass. Right. What, what is that? Right? Like what, what happened? You know, I, I want to know so that we can be protected, not so that we can condemn or right. to be, be judgmental or anything, but just what happened. Learn and that's what he yeah. showed. So it's like this is a really big deal if we are going to see a harvest, if we're going to see yeah. um the the increase of, uh, revival that, that's already happening right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to be committed to this love walk, and love is not
1: offended. Oh my goodness, you said so many truths. I mean, because I'm trying to make sure I'm not interrupting you too much on the inside, Patricia. <laughs> I'm shouting you down. I mean, it, what you said was so profound, and I, I really want to echo this one statement you said because I want our listeners to really grab a hold of it. And correct me if I'm saying this wrong, but I heard you say that if we take offense, it dissipates the strength. Of truth, and that to me is so huge because we not only will minimize who God is, it taints who God is in us, but it also actually deconstructs the strength of God's truth. And I think that we have to understand the ripple effect of it's not just us being offended in a moment or toward a situation, but actually what comes out of us is now tainted with this spirit of offense. And that to me is such a key um, of us understanding. The the negative power of offense, right? And so for us to be so intentional about not allowing that thing into our lives. So what you were sharing, Patricia, my goodness, there were so many profound elements in what you were sharing. You talked about the five transgressions in every offense. I know the listeners are like, I need to understand that. Can you break that down? Because I was certainly like, I, we got to understand kind of the fullness and the depth of what offense looks like in our lives.
2: I know it really helps actually when you know how awful it is. Yes, because, right. Yeah, it, it keeps you from, from entering into it. But um, yeah, so the first one that the Lord showed me was anger. So in every in every offense, there is a level of anger in it. It could be from being slightly miffed all the way through to full-on rage, right? But there right. is a level of anger there. Now, in James, it says that the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God, right? So right. in Romans 1, we see that God um, has wrath, which is anger, he has wrath, but but what is it against? It's the unrighteousness and the ungodliness of man. So he has it against the transgression, not against the person. When Jesus died on the cross, he died for all mankind. So it's it's like he loves every single person. And he's not angry, per se, at people, but he's angry at the transgressions. And that's really important that we keep that separate. Because when we're talking about being unoffendable, we're, we're needing to position ourselves so that we can um, execute justice in a very real way without having the anger of man fueling it. So I like to give the example of when I first went to Bangkok, Thailand, the Lord had had called me in a fair time. He said, I want you to go to Bangkok. I'm going to teach you some things about um, sex tourism, sex trafficking, that. And, um, and so I went in obedience to him, took a friend with me, met some missionaries over there that we knew. And um, the first night uh, that we arrived, we went over dinner in a restaurant and we were in a neighborhood where there was brothels. I mean, they're everywhere, but yeah. they were right next door the restaurant there. And um, there was a man, a Western man in about his mid-50s sitting there uh, with a Thai girl who was maybe 15. She looked like about 14, 15 actually. She was a little bit older. But um, I could tell what was going on there. He had bought her for the night and I got angry right away. And I was angry at him. You know, I, I thought, this is disgusting that you would go over here and do what you're doing to this young girl, right? And I was just thinking, how can I grab her and put her in safety and give him some old ministry in his face sort of thing, right? <laughs> and, um, and I was just stirred on the inside. But then the Lord said, um, I want to show you something. And he gave me words of knowledge, Krista, on what wow. had happened to that man when he was a little boy. And it was clear as crystal. And I all of a sudden had compassion for him because he was wow. abused. Mm. And um, and then he showed me throughout his life that he always wanted to be loved, but never felt loved. And so his purpose in going to Thailand was that he could maybe with no one watching, just kind of have that hole in his heart filled mm. somehow. And so now I'm emotionally a wreck because I've got compassion for him now and compassion for the girl, but I've still got this anger and I don't know what to do with it. And the Lord said, I'll show you what to do with it because as long as Mm. you have anger towards him, you are not going to be able to help this situation. But I'm going to show you to to go after the truth and to go after the enemy in this and to not be fueled by offense or anger that Mm. is unholy. And so long story short, um, that was our call actually into dealing with anti-trafficking and stuff like that. And uh, we had, you know, tremendous success and fruit in it, but we had to learn how to rightly divide it because we've led um, traffickers to the Lord, not only rescued mm. uh, people who have been trafficked, but we've we've actually led traffickers to the Lord. Wow. We've, we've, you know, um, ministered to sex tourists and got them rescued out of the stuff. So it's like we wouldn't have been able to do that if we didn't settle the issue on the inside. So Paul said um, in Ephesians 4, 26 and 27 out of the Amplified, he said, be angry And then he says, how? At sin, Mm, at immorality, at injustice, at ungodly behavior, yet do not sin, right? Mm, Be angry at those things, but do not sin. So as soon as you cross over into an offense toward the sinner, you have transgressed, okay? Mm, So you are now offended and anger is at work. And the consequence of that anger is at work. The second one is bitterness. And it says in Hebrews 12, 15, that, um, that when there's a bitter root, it will defile many. And when you're bitter, it's the opposite of sweet so like when I was getting ready for the podcast today Krista I could hardly wait because I like when I think of you or Sean I feel like happy thoughts right 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 but like if you're bitter towards someone it's like oh I don't know I gotta see them oh (laughs) (laughs) we've got that right so that's how I gauge bitter or sweet is a lot of times like what is my what is my you know emotional thermometer doing there and um and so the problem with bitterness and the problem with offense is we don't keep it to ourselves because we want everyone else to be on the stage, So we'll say, did you hear about Johnny so-and-so and and what he did? Isn't that disgusting? Because you're offended with him. Now you want everyone to feel the same as you do. So And so it defiles many. And whole churches can be divided because of offense. It spreads Mm -hmm. like gangrene. It's actually worse than a virus. It's worse than a global pandemic in the natural. It just spreads like wildfire. And social media can spread it really fast. Oh my goodness. The third one is judgment. So um, Matthew 7 verse 1 and 2 says that when we judge, we're going to be judged by the same measure. So I can't afford that. You know, like I, I don't want to be under judgment. And um, I love the story of how Jesus handled it when, when we see the woman who was caught in the act of adultery, right? So the scenario is Jesus is in the temple and he's teaching and the scribes and Pharisees are offended. With him. They are offended with him. So their offense is saying, oh, we're going to get him good. We're going to, we're going to put in him in a position where we're going to be able to take him down. So so that's where their offense led them so they bring up this woman who's caught in adultery they're offended with jesus and they're offended with the woman and they say jesus the law says that hmm. because we caught her in adultery that we're just stone such one they've got the stones in the hand what do you say so he says nothing you know he just starts writing something right. in the dirt and then they're still going at him what do you say you know what are you going to answer us and he's just silent but when he finally does speak he he doesn't enter into critical judgment he just speaks the truth so he says you who are without sin, cast the first stone. He doesn't judge them for their stinking attitudes, right? He doesn't do that. (laughs) He just calls it for what it is. He says, okay, I'm going to uphold the law. I'm not against the law of Moses. I'll uphold that. So if you're without sin, you can throw the first stone. So they had to drop their stones and leave. And that was interesting because now everyone in the courtyard who watched it, who they were hoping would be on their side, is now looking at them saying, what? They're sinners? They're just admitting it. They dropped their stones and left, right?" right? So so now Jesus is there with a woman ca- caught in adultery and he says, Where are your accusers? And she says, there, There's none. He says, Well, I don't accuse you either. I don't damn you. I don't judge you either. But he could have, the one who mm. could have, because mercy triumphs over judgment. But then he says oh, to good. her, Go and sin no more. So he wasn't soft on sin at right. all. Jesus right. was never soft on sin. But he he released mercy triumphs over judgment. There's no critical judgment inside of love. Mm. It's like like there's a discernment. There's a statement of uh, judging a situation or judging good and evil, but it is without offense. It is just speaking the truth in love, which Jesus did. So I love that. I do. Too. Unforgiveness is the fourth one, and in Matthew eighteen twenty one to thirty five, we see that whole scenario played out. Um, because in in offense, if you're offended, there is unforgiveness inside of it. You can't be forgiving and and offended at the same time. Mm, if you've got so any good. kind of offense, there there is a level of unforgiveness. There because when you've forgiven the offense goes. That's right. Okay, so you can still say the situation is wrong. This was a wrong decision that you made. um This is a hurtful decision, but it's without offense because there's forgiveness there, right? And if you are unforgiving, whoa, the consequence of that one is big time. You know, you live in torment with it, right? And then the fifth one is pride. There's mm. always an element of pride inside of offense because you True. you you can offend and being in a servant role, you're in a condescending position. Mm. You're looking down on the one that you're offended. With. So Pride is the fifth one. And it says pride comes before what? A fall. A fall. Oh.
1: Yeah. You know,
2: that's a big consequence. So I want to stay away from offense at all costs because a lot of it is selfish. I don't want the <laughs> offense of it, right? But the Same. other part of it is I just want to be like Jesus, right? That's right. He's never been offended with me. He yeah. has addressed many issues in my life, of course, and, and you know corrected me and brought discipline to me and spoke truth to me and confronted me. And I welcome all that, but he's never been offended with me. Mm. And uh, and he's never been offended with you. He loves you. And um, and if you're you know watching right now, he's without offense. He just loves you so much. He will speak the truth and love you, but he um, he will never be offended with you. My goodness,
1: that is that's profound. I know people are probably ordering the book right now, Unoffendable by Patricia King. You know, I just I know many people are like, I hear it. I don't want anything to do with it. You've convinced me, Patricia. I need to get a fresh revelation uh, of what it is to not be offended, to not be petty. That's another common word. Um, that's kind of trendy right now of just being a little petty, but petty's rooted in offense. You know, it doesn't have to be this massive thing. It can be this small little pebble. But if you have a lot of pebbles over time, they become a big boulder. They become that big rock when you add it all together. How can someone that's listening today and they've had that kind of revelation, their eyes have been open to this, and now they're seeing offense in their heart? They're like, oh my gosh, I am offended. I didn't even realize I was offended. How do they combat that? What do they do with current offense that they're finding in their heart by even listening to this episode today sure
2: well let me give you a few little things but there's more in the book of course helping people uh, come into a place where they can soar in being unoffendable but um if you are hungry to be unoffendable you are already stepping over that line into living an unoffendable life it's just your desire for it so when i gave god my yes i came under conviction within 24 hours he's showing the areas where i'm offended in and so when he did that when when god shows you because as soon as you as Soon as you get an understanding on of being offended, you'll see it everywhere. You know? True. So when oh you my see goodness. it in yes. yourself, when you see it in yourself and He's convicting you right away, say, God, I'm so sorry and I repent from this, which means to change your mind about it, make a turn in a different direction. And I just replace this with love right now. I receive your forgiveness. I replace it with love. So when I first was walking with God in this, um, I was convicted three, four, sometimes more times a day. I mean, I had no idea what a sin was. Sure. I, was. Yeah, I <laughs> did it. it. I get it, yes. But, but then over time, I, I found myself I could go a whole week without even being convicted once, right? right? But I can catch it. As soon as I am now, I can catch it because you're aware of it, right? And it's really helpful. But the more that you repent from it, receive forgiveness from it and, and just be committed to it, the the better that you will, um, or the easier you'll be able to identify and stay away from it. And it gets longer periods and you'll start to see it in others. Like you were talking about being petty earlier. Yeah. Well, you see, can, can you imagine the things that we even think our big issues God sees as petty, right? Sure. So it's oh, like, oh, it. mine, and so we can ask Him for that. That's another thing is ask Him, God, I want to feel about things like You did, like Jesus on the cross, right? Think yeah. about Jesus on the cross. He wasn't offended with one person. He wasn't looking over the crowd of sinners, everyone that He had be aided, and saying, you know what, I've got an offense with you that is really hard for me to overcome here, and so I don't know, maybe I'll forgive you later. No, He just said, Father, forgive them all. You know, forgive them right. all, I love them all. All, and he Beautiful. didn't hold any offense and he loved them all and then he gave himself for everyone and we'll sometimes think if we're hurt by someone we think well God's for me but he's against them because they're my enemy no he is actually for them too even mm-hmm. the person that you you feel really you know gross about you know you think oh God's got to be upset with them he's got to you know despise them like I despise them no he actually loves them and wants them set free so if you ask God for his heart say God I want to see people as you see them I want to see situations the way that you see them yeah. because I want to be a solution. I want to That's be a so solution good. to the problem. I don't want to just, you know, I mean anyone can, you know, grumble and complain in that but I want to be a solution. So if you ask God to see a situation the way he sees it, he will. And then just invite the Lord to fill you with love. And in uh First 1 Corinthians 14.1, Paul said, let love be your greatest aim. Mm, and yes. I find like I deliberately make learning to love like my greatest aim. I've got a long way to go. But when, when you make it your aim, when you make it your goal in life, you can can move towards it. And it's 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 really awesome making that quality decision. Because actually, we only have one member to fulfill, and that's love. That's, that's it. You know? So if we make it our aim, it puts everything else in place.
1: You know, Patricia, I tell you what, I, I'm thinking of myself as you're just sharing such nuggets of wisdom, such truth and revelation. There's a healthy conviction, you know, that I think a, a lot of our listeners are feeling, even myself. And I think we all just need to go spend some time with Jesus. <laughs> because there's just that response from this Word that you want to really just get your heart clean before the Lord because we're in such a pivotal time in history. We're seeing such a beautiful move of God. And yet what an assignment from the enemy to rob so many people from from what's available right now to how to partner with God right, right now and what God's doing. It's like, I don't want to miss anything. And offense is one of those things that's such a robber of what God's doing. And so I think probably myself and so many other people are like, oh my gosh, Lord, clean my heart. And so you gave us such truth, but you also gave that practical application of what to be aware of, but then also how to walk through it and then not partner with it. And I love just you even sharing the first, just when you were really beginning the process of walking out what it is to be unoffendable. Uh, First few days was like maybe three, four times a day, but then there was a week that would go by and then a longer amount of time. And that's so encouraging because I think the more intentional we are, the more quick we are to be able to discern, you know, I'm not taking that bait. I'm I'm not taking that bait of offense. I am actually going to align myself with the love of God and ask for a greater increase and impartation of the love of God in my life, that's life changing. Um, You know, so, so grateful for what you shared today. I mean, just truth and revelation. I know some people want to hear more from you. And what I love about you, Patricia, you have so much online resources for people in the area of discipleship, going deeper in their walk with Jesus. You have a ton of books. How can people, if they're hearing this podcast, which I know is probably everyone, they're like, I want to get more from Patricia, how can they learn more from you? How can they get connected with what you're doing?
2: Oh, thank you so much. Well, um, everything I do is pretty much um, listed on my website PishKing.com, If you want to go there, um, and also I just I just finished a brand new course, and it is called um, Unoffendable Love. So I put the contents of the good. book into into an actual course, and I've started a brand new um, uh, online academy. And so I only have one course on it right now. It's because we just launched it. it we go. Yeah, um, amazing. It is unoffendable Love. Okay. So if you if you go on patriciaking.com there is a menu item there for the uh Everlasting Love Academy. And uh if you click on there, you'll see it. And we want you and Sean to teach on that academy too. So we're uh, we to would love to. to to really pour into it, but we're gonna just build the content and it's going to be with love in the thread of everything, right? So I love that um, I'm really excited about that. So yeah. Oh my I'm signing up course, for that uh, class. Books, okay, and the books of Available, um, you know, on Amazon and all the different stores and stuff like that. So get it. Anywhere. Patricia,
1: thank you so much. I I, I know people thank are going to be signing up for your resources and I can say this sincerely. Uh, Sean and I really view you as one of the most solid, trustworthy, prophetic voices. You're a prophet. Uh, we lean into, we listen to, uh, we certainly really pay attention to what the Lord says through you. You operate from such a place of love, but you also, you never waver from the truth, but it's always, uh, such, it's marinated in so much love um, that I just feel like you really model uh, Jesus really well. And I always point people towards your prophetic voice and how the Lord ministers through you and in you. And so if I can do that for the Keep It 100 tribe, where I just say, hey, you know, really get connected with Patricia, what she carries, what she's releasing. She's truly, uh, she's one that walks with Jesus. And we want to have those voices speaking into our lives to disciple us because we all want to go deeper with the Lord. Um, But he uses you so profoundly is there anything else you want to release uh, before we sign off on this podcast zero pressure but just always give people the opportunity just to say any last thing burning in your heart for our listeners yeah
2: thank you so much Krista and um, you know I I feel such honor towards you and Sean as well it's just a mutual adoration society here when you're in Jesus there's so much to love about one another right but um, I just want you all to know that this is a journey and I'm still on this journey big time that's good And when you're when you're growing in the Lord, um, give yourself lots of grace, you know, give yourself lots of grace. I just feel like someone needs to to hear that there's someone watching right now that you are you're self critical. And um, you've got a fence towards yourself. Mm. And God wants to lift it off because he just loves you so much. And he wants you to see yourself the way he sees you. And when you just draw near to God, he will lead you and guide you. And he will he will just put grace on you that will enable you to do better and better and better. And it just is so beautiful the way he does that. That. So take the pressure off yourself and know that hey, this is a journey. I've got a long way to go in learning how to love and being unoffendable. I still catch myself time to time stepping over a line into offense. But when you have people around you that love you and say, "Hey, that sounds like offense to me," you know, it's so so good, right? So I would just like to say, in closing that um, also, as you said, uh, Krista, that you know, uh, you know, a lot of the viewers might be convicted like that in a way. That's a good thing. Absolutely. If you didn't love, if you didn't love Jesus. Jesus, like you do, you wouldn't even care, you know. But because <laughs> True. you love Jesus, because you love Jesus so much, it matters to you. And so, I just want to bless everyone that's watching. Bless you with the love of God, with revelation of His love that you'll know the the uh, depth of it, the height of it, the breadth, width that you'll know just the surpassing greatness of His love for you. God bless so you. good,
1: so good. Thank Thanks, you. Patricia. Thank you for being on the Keep One Hundred Podcast. We truly are honored. And y'all, go get her book. Your life's going to get changed. Go sign up for that e course, truly, uh, it's going to be so rich in your life.
0: All I got to say is that I told you that was going to be powerful. Oh my goodness.
1: Such a key, key word, right? I mean, we have to learn what it is to be unoffendable. It's when she talked about that element where it literally pulls away from the strength and the true character of who God is, right? It pulls away from the depiction of God. And I think that that's what's so key is we understand that offense not only takes away from us, but it pulls away from our witness of God. And man, that is a sobering reality. And she she breaks down the transgression. I mean, it's so powerful. I mean, she has an e-course available. I want to jump in that. I'm certainly in the middle of reading the book myself. And I'm just so excited that Keep it 100 Tribe got exposed uh, to this word because it's such a prophetic word for now. Friends, grab this word, share this podcast. This is a word that needs to go forth. We need people to get a revelation. We must be unoffendable in a time where the enemy wants to throw that bait your way.
0: Absolutely. I 100% agree with that. and I just say Keep it 100 Tribe right now, Imagine that there is this scale of zero to 10, where 10 is everything causes you to fly off the handle. Everything causes you to become salty, causes you to become petty, causes you to go into road rage. That's 10 on the scale. Zero is nothing offends you. We want to challenge you today as a takeaway to live as close to zero, unoffendable. Determine right now that you're not going to take the bait. The Greek word uh, literally for offense comes from the almost like the, the part of a trap where the bait is. And so that's the term, don't take the bait, choose to walk in love, choose to not be offended. And maybe right now there could be someone that the Lord is challenging you to forgive, that maybe you've held a grudge, you've had resentment, and you might even feel justified in it. But we just want to challenge you right now, forgive, because you got to remember, number one, you do not stand in a place of ultimate judgment, God does. And nor can you carry the weight of what it takes to judge someone's soul, Uh, it has. Uh, collateral damage. The Bible is very clear. So we just want to challenge you to love, challenge you to forgive and to move on with freedom because as you do it, the the purposes, the presence, the fruit, and the anointing of God can flow through you freely without hindrance. Thanks so much for tuning into the Keep It 100 podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and refer us to your friends and be sure to click that subscribe button so that you're alerted as soon as new episodes drop. Help us get the word out. Share this link on your social media platforms and check us out at Sean and KristaSmith.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Sean and Krista Smith Ministries. We would love to hear from you on how this podcast has impacted you. So be sure to show us some love. Hey, Keeper 100 Tribe, you do not want to miss our next exciting episode of Keeper 100. And remember, relief may change your circumstance, but a revelation will change you. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the keep it 100 podcast with sean and krista smith keep up with us on facebook and instagram and sean and krista where you can discover more resources if this podcast has impacted you please subscribe and review wherever you listen to your podcast